Hey everyone, welcome back to the Exert podcast. We've got another beautiful day here in uh, Southern Ontario. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by Armando. Hey Scott. And Dr. Stephen Chung. Hey everyone. Uh, how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. I'm doing great. I finally managed to get some, uh, after all that injury, I managed to get some bouldering in at our new bouldering gym in St. Catherine. So super excited about that. Managed not to land on my broken foot or anything. So all is good. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, today we're going to be focusing on uh, what makes a great workout. And so we'll be talking about uh, some of the different workouts that are in Exert and, and kind of what are some of the features that set the Exert workouts apart from maybe some other platforms that might be out there uh, that are based more on percent FTP. Um, and so I want to begin uh, when talking about workouts, one of the classic, probably most cited papers on, on workout design is, is Silo's classic 4x4, 4x8, 4x16. And uh, Armando, would you be able to share some insight on, on how we see differences in those three workouts from an exert lens or an exert perspective? So, yeah, so just to get back on, you know, how training and workouts have been designed traditionally, right? So why do we do these kinds of workouts? Well, workouts have been created so that we can then assess whether if we do these workouts, do we get an improvement? Are they the right intervention to increase the fitness and the ability to perform, right? And, and unless we create some structure that we can repeat, we have no real way to measure how well a workout works for someone, right? So, so that's why these these existent these workouts have existed because people would perform a certain routine and they knew that if they did that routine over and over and they you know kept at it that they would improve and they would be successful. And you've had you know throughout history all these different types of of training types that have had varying degrees. Some people say, well, you should focus on high intensity. No, you should focus on low volume and you know long, slow distance. So you've had all these competing philosophies on how, on how training and workouts should be performed. And then you got Steven Seiler and other, other um, researchers that have gone in and said, okay, well, let's run a test. Let's try these different types of workouts to see which ones work best. It's hard though to kind of compare apples to apples. Like, what are you comparing? So, so I think in, in Steven Seiler's test, you know, he did the four by four to relatively the same level of, of uh, perceived exertion. Same thing with the four by eight and then with the four by 16. So I think they were equ equivalent from a, from a, a perceived exertion standpoint. Um, yeah, and then just to clarify for all the listeners, what he then did was had three groups of participants. One did four by four, one did four by eight, one did four by 16 for a period of, of, uh, of time. And then afterwards they tested them before and after looking at things like VO2 max and other variables. And what they came up with was the conclusion was that four by eights were most effective. So just wanted to point out for the listeners, that was what the study by Steven Seiler was testing and that mm -hmm. was basically what they found. Right, and so, um, and so, how? Why was that? Why would the what? What aspect of the four by eight made it better and more effective than the four by four or four by sixteen? That we still don't know. You know, you, we understand the effects of it, 
but there really is no causal relationship. What was it about the four by eight? So what we did was we went and, and actually designed those workouts within Exert to see what they what they look like. And when you design these in Exert, you can use the workout designer to create the four by four, four by eight, and four by sixteen. And what you'll find is that if you can manipulate the intensities of the 4x4, 4x8, 4x16, you can vary the amount of strain that is, that is generated in these workouts. And so you could set them up so that the 4x8 generates more strain than the 4x4 and the 4x16. And you do that because, you know, we, we haven't gotten into a lot of detail about strain just yet, mm -hmm. right? Um, but strain is a way in which we um, establish how much effect does the work you perform, how is that going to affect your, your fitness and your, uh, your fitness parameters? So those with higher strain are going to create more of an impact on your, on your performance than those with lower strain. All right. And the strain then apply also in the different systems, your peak, your high and your low intensity system. So, so each effort has a certain effect on these three systems. And so what we found was that with a certain amount of intensity and a certain duration, you can maximize the strain. So in other words, we kind of explain the results of Stephen Seiler's research by saying the 4 by 8 created more strain. And it created more strain in a certain ratio of the different, uh, the different settings. And so, that, that's my phone that's trying to tell me I got lots of emails. <laughs> Somebody must have emailed me a hundred times. Uh, sorry about that interruption there. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so we have, um, uh, we have these different amount of strain as a result of these workouts and so, or these intervals. And so, and, and that kind of explains in some ways the results. Um, if you think about a four by eight, Right. What, what happens in a four by eight is that you're you're gonna get uh, you're gonna start off at a certain intensity. You're gonna create fatigue, and then you're gonna hold on to that fatigue, right, for a good proportion of that eight minutes, right. And so if they're done at a high intensity, you're you actually are really fatigued, and you're holding on to that fatigue for a very long time. And so in exercise, you'll see extreme numbers are high at the four by sixteen. It's not really meant to generate fatigue. It's meant to kind of like you're holding on to a certain intensity. You're not generating, in, in, in essence, a lot of fatigue, at least that's the, the way it was originally tested for in the, uh, in the research. And so as a result, you don't get the same amount. And the four by four is just too short. There's just not enough time in four minutes to generate a lot of fatigue. So it's not the intensity per se, but it's more a combination of what that intensity is and how long it's being held for. I think something that's important to note and, and something that often gets overlooked when people are looking at the study, oh, four by eight is the, grass, the, the greatest workout ever. I'm just going to do the four by eight. I think it's important to recognize that all three groups did experience increases in their fitness after following, uh, after following the training protocol. Uh, it's just that the four by eight was the greatest of the three. And, and so, also because, well, the four by eight is kind of in the realm in terms of wattage and and strain around in your VO2 max range. So if you are testing and you're 
your parameter of whether you got the most fitness or not is the VO2 max. Well, that's also sets the four by eight up that's for, right. for uh, you know, optimized mm-hmm. uh, effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think uh, it also brings to light that the, the idea of training specificity, where um, they showed that all three of those workouts do improve your fitness, but it's just, as uh, Stephen just mentioned there, it depends how you're measuring that fitness. If, if I'm trying to improve my ability to generate power over a long period of time, then the 4x16s might be a better choice for me uh, in my training goals. But mm-hmm. if the outcome measure is a VO2 max test, then of course the, the interval that's, or the interval that's going to generate the greatest increase in VO2 max will be focused near your VO2 max power. Right. And then if you're, and if your event is more focused on four minute power, right, you'd be better off doing seven by fours than four by eights, right? Seven by fours, you're going to spend, you give you more time and give you a higher intensity that you're training at, which is going to be a greater, uh, more effective in the type of, of race that you're aiming at. So, so it's not necessarily about the how many repetitions uh, or that they're the same repetitions. It's all about what is the intensity, how much strain are you developing at that intensity, and how does that, that intensity map to what you're looking to improve, right? And does that match with what you're trying to achieve? All those things are factors in whether one particular workout is better than another it's you you've got to find a way to kind of compare apples and apples in with you know uh, in comparison to where you're trying to where you're trying to improve and then then you can start to evaluate whether one workout is better than another all right so um we mentioned before that in in the past trainings traditionally been done by usually percentages of ftp um now how does exert take things a little bit, uh, a little farther than that in terms of um, creating different workouts. So when, you know, when MPA was sort of discovered and say, okay, we have a way to calculate MPA and we can determine what MPA was from regular ride data, how do we use this, right? How do we use it in training? And so, you know, the first thing was, okay, we can take regular workouts and just tell you what your MPA was. So that was the first step. And that was kind of interesting. So you could actually see and plot out in advance kind of where your MPA was during your workouts. And that becomes, that still is very valuable because you can take any kind of workout, throw it into exert, and it'll tell you, oh, okay, you can do this. It is achievable with within MPA or no, this is too hard for you. It's impossible for you to achieve those numbers. So you can get in, a, you can establish that. But then we, we thought, you know, we could take this a little bit further because rather than basing your intervals and their intensity or their duration on just kind of standard fixed values, we could make them relative to your signature. So we can say, well, rather than doing this interval for three minutes, how about we do it just so much, just to the point where you've reached a certain level of fatigue, a certain level of MPA. So we we created a new sort of workout uh, intensity definition it's unique and exert you can't find this elsewhere where you can say that the interval uh, duration is going to last until you reach a certain point in fatigue and even the wattage and the wattage yeah so you can manipulate yeah. both the wattage and the duration to get to a set level of fatigue 
and we'll talk a bit more about it later, but equally mm-hmm. importantly, allow you to recover to a particular level of fatigue. You don't necessarily always have to recover so that you are fully, fully fresh for the next one. So you can have this really rich combination of, of efforts where you go to one level of fatigue, you recover a little bit, but maybe not fully to another level, and then the next one goes. And that's that's one of the real powers of what we're able to do when we are targeting your specific intensity and optimizing both the both the effort itself and also the recovery part to fit your particular fitness and also your particular needs as a racer or as a fitness right you know and that's really critical is is that you know recoveries are really really important right you don't want to under recover and then you're unable to complete the next interval and you don't want to over recover because then you're losing all this fatigue that's going to really help you accelerate the benefits right ultimately the goal of these kind of interval workouts is to create fatigue and to perform these these efforts under fatigue because that repetition of that fatigue and the efforts that you're performing is what's going to accelerate the benefits of the training, right? You don't want to do an, uh, an interval every 20 hours or every, every you know, 20 minutes. You want to do an interval very without the highest frequency that's going to give you the, the greatest benefit. So that frequency and how far apart are they, that's really, really important. And that's how you're going to get the best um, effect or the best value from your training. You don't want to do it. You don't want the recovery to be too short. You don't want to be too long or too easy or too hard. Everything's got to be matched for you, for you, for you and what you're capable. Of. Yeah. And that's one of the really nice things. There's been the, in terms of many intervals or, or kind of workouts are designed that you, know, you go at wattage X until for however long and then you recover for a set duration let's say it's five minutes but yeah early on in a workout that five minutes may be way too long you are more than fully recovered let's say within two minutes but as fatigue builds up in your fifth or sixth interval your fatigue is at a rate where you're not able to recover as fast and that five minutes may actually not be sufficient um, sufficient recovery so exert and the way we can design these smart workouts become a really not just uh, maximizing the efficiency of your effort but also your time so that both your duration of the of the on efforts and also the recovery is optimized so you're really not in a sense just wasting time pedaling around in a sense for no reason and, and I think that's a you know one one thing that's to make we have to make clear here is a lot of people say that you know what makes a smart workout is the fact that they're dynamic so and we have mentioned that but you know our workouts when you do the workouts in one of the exert players they're dynamic meaning that you know the effort will the recovery will lengthen if you go too hard and it will it will shorten if you go too easy and vice versa for intensity right the intensity if you go too hard they'll shorten but the variability isn't as isn't isn't the only aspect of what makes an interval smart right a smart interval is one that's specifically precisely uh, calibrated for your fitness and what you can achieve so when it says that 
your recovery interval is going to be at 156 watts for 2 minutes and 33 seconds. That's because it's exactly how long it's going to take you to reach a certain level of recovery that's going to allow you to perform the next interval in, with the appropriate amount of fatigue that's already built in, into you, right? You don't want the fatigue to be too deep because then you're at a higher propensity for you to fail the workout. You can't finish the interval if it's just too hard. And you don't want to go too easy because then you're wasting valuable inter uh, training time. Right? You're not getting the right benefit. So you want the right match. So that timing of the exact uh, intensity and the exact recovery or the exact uh, you know, high intensity interval time, all those things need to be properly tuned for you so you get the most e efficient training. You're not spending you know, uh, you know, time on the trainer without getting all the benefit that, that, that you can. Yeah, plus you can uh, have a pretty strong confidence that you'll be able to complete the workout. Whereas we were talking earlier about, well, what happens if you design a workout to just one set parameter like FTP and you say, go five minutes at 110 or 115%. Well, you know, depending on your athlete type, which we talked about in another podcast, that 110% of FTP may be too hard for me but maybe too easy for you Scott depending on our particular fitness signature so it first thing is our workouts are able to really optimize towards your individual fitness signature so that you can actually it is kind of hitting the right stimulus for you and also that you should have strong confidence if you'll be able to actually finish them without maybe going too hard in the first one and then as a result being so tired that you are not able to hit similar efforts on, on later ones and really or you may have you know been hoping to do five but you end up only doing three with exert you're pretty confident as long as you pick the one with the right difficulty level to match your fitness that you're going to be able to finish let's say all five of your intended intervals and that it's going to be hard but doable Mm -hmm. And something that I'd like to add on here is we talked about how uh, these workouts are really calibrated to your specific fitness signature. So I just wanted to uh, point out a couple of uh, key distinguishing features of these smart workouts, and that's the, the workout intensities. And uh, some of the smart workout intensities that Exert offers are the mean max power setting, uh, which uh, that will essentially take whatever uh, the inputted uh, number, it'll take that point on your power duration curve and it'll use that. And so the benefit to using that is um, using older traditional methods, I might need to increase for my five minute intervals, I might need to increase from 105 to 110% as I get more fit throughout the season, or increase from 110 to 115 as I get even more fit in the late season. But uh, by using the mean max power, uh, Exert will always calculate the proper amount of intensity for me regardless of what point in the season that I am it, it'll it'll stay calibrated to my fitness signature as I get more fit throughout and, the season and that's you know that's like that's analogous to you know using zones right so you may say okay I'm going to do a zone 5 workout well zone 5 is a certain percentage of your FTP right and you may say it's it's within this range but Different individuals have different fitness signatures, right? And so for that range might be, uh, 
you know, five minute power for one athlete and might be three minute power for another, right? Because, because just the nature of how their, what their FTP is and how much capacity they have above FTP. So if you start using zones, they're really, they're fuzzy, right? And so you end up saying, well, okay, I need to manipulate the zone and my FTP percentages to match my fitness. So you're doing all this tweaking and managing of the workouts to kind of make sure they fit with what you can do, right? <laughs> and you're going actively choosing the workouts or, or futzing with these workouts to make them work for you. And so you end up with these libraries of thousands and thousands of workouts because it, there's got to be one for every single different type of individual. So you end up with this desire to create, you know, lots and lots and lots of workouts. And you're still guessing that, you're still guessing, hoping right? that this one will match that that rider or that athlete. Whereas right. because it's in real time matched to you with exert, you know that this one is already individualized. That's so right. as a coach, it's great because I can design a similar workout that will have similar benefits for all three of us and I don't have to design 20 different variations or three different variations. And that's, and that's exactly it. We've had, we have lots of coaches and lots of athletes say, you know, I want to import all my library. I have hundreds and hundreds of workouts that I want to import. I want to be able to import and we don't have an import facility just yet in the software and partially because didn't really see the point of having hundreds and hundreds of workouts because you got all these different variations. You might, you know, each workout will adjust for every individual and their and their ability. So when you say I'm going to focus in on my three minute power, it's going to be th everyone's three minute power. It's going to work that out, and the ratio of each of the systems is all going to be calculated for that three minute power. And if you do that workout at any given point in time, you could that interval can only be held for three minutes <laughs> all right so that's already pre-calculated and if we say you do it for a minute and a half we know you're going to be halfway baked right so it the software already calculates all that right so you don't mm -hmm. have to create multiple workouts to, to think about all the different variations and you know to make sure that the that you that the recovery times are properly matched for every individual all those recovery times can be calculated so whether it's you're describing, you have mean maximal power, right? That will calculate it for every individual, right? And you basically have in the, in the uh, workout definition, 20 minute power or 10 minute power or one minute power, all that stuff. And if you think about focus and athlete types, that's where that lands, right? If you say, I'm gonna focus in on two minute power, you're focusing on the road sprinter, right? So those match very well with the, with the focus. Well, then we have XSSR, it's a little more advanced of a concept. What it tries to do with XSSR, you see those curved work uh, intervals in the in the. Those in, are my favorite intervals in all of exert. So those those are really different. You don't see them anywhere, and you get those ones that swoop down and those ones that swoop up. So the ones that swoop down mean they're above your threshold, and what that means is that as you do these intervals, because you're getting tired, you're increasing in fatigue they become harder to hold, and so the software will decrease their intensity. So they kind of feel the same as you do them. The great thing about doing these XSSR intervals, the high intensity ones, is that they start off hard, but you know they're gonna get easier as you do them. And so there's a confidence that you get when you do these intervals, that you're gonna be able to hold, hold on to these intervals for however long they are. And that's really an important feature of the XSSR intervals is that you know 
they get easier. And so as you start to do them, you're like, oh, this, this is not going to be good. <laughs> and then, then you, but you keep saying that <laughs> throughout the whole five minutes. You're saying, this is not going to be good. Meanwhile, you finish the interval. So it's a little bit different sensation than you probably would have experienced. It yeah, the, uh, for, for users of Exert, the classic one to demonstrate the power of smart intervals in this whole decaying fashion is let the sparks fly. It's also probably like my, my favorite workout in the library in that, like you say, there's three sets of efforts and they start really hard. I think it's at about 200 XSSR. So, um, you know, for example, for me, the first effort starts at about 450 watts. It go for 20 seconds. And then even over the course of that 20 seconds, it'll start at 450 watts and maybe drop down to 420 or 410 by the end. But then that's the first one of about 10 reps in that set. But by the 10th one, the wattage is starts at about 320 or so and drops down to 320 for me. And it's doing that because it recognizes that I am fatiguing over the course of those 10 reps. So the kind of the strain on my body is is the same on that 10th workout as as or 10th rep of that set as on the first one. The other interesting thing is that also applies in the recovery too. So you'll see in the recovery, it's not just ride at one steady wattage for five minutes in between. It is progressively allowing you to recover, but it's also not allowing you to recover really quickly. It is allowing you to recover, but it's doing it very slowly. And again, the, the on and off efforts of those recovery bits is also changing and gradually increasing as you uh, as you recover more so that's a really good one if you're trying to understand what the whole idea of these smart workouts really mean go check out let the sparks fly and really see how each over the course of each set the wattage of the on efforts gradually decrease and then also during the recovery the wattages actually gradually increase over time mm -hmm. yeah so i think uh, as a whole, XSSR is probably one of the more confusing uh, mm -hmm. terminologies that we have with EXERT. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's going to be a number between usually one, like one in 300. Mm -hmm. uh, and would you be able to shed some insight on, on kind of how the shortness or, or lengthiness of an interval influences kind of what the XSSR will be? And so, for example, for Let the Sparks Fly, it's, it's 200 for those short intervals, but uh, it might be a little bit less for some of the longer intervals, uh, like the closer series. Right. So, so the, the XSSR is really, um, it's, 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 like an, it's like the intensity, okay? But the way it's calculated is that, okay, if I were to hold this intensity for one hour, how much XSS would I get? So, see... People have always said, you know, sometimes I do a workout in, in Exert and I get an XSS that's over 100. How's that possible? Because, you know, they're familiar with the older methods that, you know, there's a limit. There's like 100 is the limit, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a limit if you did the, if, if you did one hour just at threshold or if what we say is the worst case scenario, which is you sprint for an, a minute <laughs> and then try to hold your threshold for an hour which would be like the absolute craziest thing you could do, um, 
those are equivalent. There's not much difference in terms of the actual uh, strain that's good, that's going to put on the body. We say that if you go through a really hard effort, right, and you bury yourself, and then you try and hold your threshold, that that's really, really, that creates a lot of strain. A lot more strain than if you just kind of ramped up your, your threshold and kind of held it. So, so that's where the XSSR works that out. And it says, okay, if, if you're going to go hard all out at 400 XSSRs, you can't have them as, as high as that. What that means is that the interval is going to start off really hard and then it's going to cut, swoop down to your threshold. And if you were to hold that interval for one hour, yes, you would get 400 XSS over one hour. You never can actually do that. You I like to meet the uh, guy. Yeah, I know, exactly. Can. And so you talk about difficulty score. Difficulty score for that workout would be like 400, right? You, and you, you, you know, theoretically feasible, but in all practice, there's no way just because it's just, they're just too difficult. So that's the other side of this, the puzzle here that we talked about is the difficulty score, right? So if you start doing these high XSSR intervals and you start holding them really long, and 200 XSSR, you expect your difficulty to, to climb really, really high. And the really, you know, when, when the difficulty score gets too high for a workout, it makes it harder to complete and it makes it more likely to be abandoned. And, you, and when, a, when you abandon a workout, it means you're not getting the benefit from it. So we try and match the difficulty that comes out of the workout with what you're capable of. So that's what the adaptive training advisor does. It kind of tries to match them. But that's something you can do as well. If you see a five-star workout, you may go, oh, I want to do this workout, but get ready. You know, you have to be totally focused, totally motivated. It's going to bring you to points that, you know, you typically don't typically go in in a workout. And so just got to recognize that. And once you get into the three-star workouts, those can be really hard. If you're just new to training and you pick out a three-star workout, it's gonna you need motivation to, to finish even those. So so consider that. Consider the difficulty, the number of, of, of you know difficulty rating the stars that you're um, you're gonna choose from, uh, and that you know the ones with a greater number are gonna be more difficult to to complete. Yeah, and again, using let the sparks fly as an example, it's. It's the difficulty score is 97, so it's hard, or kind of whenever I do it, it's right around 97, 100. So it's hard, but it's doable. It's it for me, it ranks as a three and a half stars. So it's moderately hard, but not getting into the tough and very tough effort. So that's one that you can do kind of consistently over and over. Um, for most people who are in kind of any general decent shape right now yeah you need so to be you need to be motivated though for yeah you still yeah, need yeah, to be yeah. motivated it's not something you can do kind of day after day and really enjoy right. yourself with right but that's that's a key thing too and that's what the adaptive training advisor does a really nice job of if again as in my case right now my fitness in terms of stars and my training load is only about 35 because of my injury and coming back from it and so it's about one and a half star it's not going to really match me with workouts that are tougher than what, what it thinks I can handle. So things like Let the Sparks Fly 3.5, it's not going to really recommend them. Uh, I can still choose them, but they're not going to by default recommend. They're not going to default recommend four stars or five star effort. So it's, that's another critical thing to look at, not just the when you're selecting workouts, not just 
you know, within one set, how hard are the efforts, but look at the whole difficulty score of the, uh, and the star value of the entire, entire workout. And just as, again, point of reference, it starts from essentially like one star being dead easy to five being ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's also matched to your, your fitness level. And we, we track kind of stars based on the number of kind of your training load overall. So again, your training load can go from, and your fitness can go from one star up to again, five. And that's an important aspect about your, any kind of workout is, you know, how difficult is, is the workout and is it, is it well matched to what you're capable of? I, I think something that exert does really well is, uh, it explains kind of the three main reasons why people, uh, fail workouts or why they stop workouts and and the first one is just the, the power is too difficult and so you'll see this a lot of times we've been talking if if I give you five minutes at 115% FTP I don't know if that's going to be sustainable for every athlete um, it might not be and so in that case just the, the power target itself is not sustainable but we know uh, using MPA to design workouts we know before you even sit on the bike we know if that interval is going to be an interval that you fail at and we'll know precisely when you're going to fail based on your fitness signature um, one of the other common ways that uh, that exercises are are ended early is just the the, dif the difficulty score is too high uh, and so in exercise physiology we associate this with what we call central fatigue where uh, it's just you need you really need to be motivated to finish it and so either the workout is is too difficult um, and you just don't have the motivation there to complete it. And, and as uh, Dr. Chung was talking about there, being able to complete a five-star workout as he's working back from an injury probably isn't very plausible. And so um, exerts once again able to kind of identify this and it's going to avoid selecting extremely difficult workouts for you if you're newer to the sport or you're returning from injury. Uh, and then lastly mm -hmm. is just... Um, especially towards the end of a workout, it just feels like you don't have the energy to really finish that. And, and that's once again, going to be tied to your training load. Uh, what you'll see is, is what we've talked about before in repeatability of workouts. And, um, as you increase your training load, you're going to find that you'll be able to handle those harder workouts, but you'll also be able to go deeper uh, into a workout before you're going to reach that failure point. And that's just going to be tied to your training load and how much you've been training. It's interesting. There's a recent article about um, the benefits, or are there benefits to training to failure? And this is not in cycling. It was more related just to regular workouts, right? So, do you, you know, in terms of doing weights and stuff like that? And there's a lot of discussion of whether there's value. And I think the the conclusion was that there wasn't. Like there isn't a lot of value in bringing yourself to failure. We got we got some uh, customers that were asking, you know, how come I don't get any workouts that bring me right and give me a breakthrough, right? Um, and it's because we don't see the numbers adding up, right? We don't see the numbers where we take you to failure and doing that re repeated times in a workout. Um, a, they're going to be really difficult. They're, you're going to abandon them most likely because the difficulty scores are going to be way too high. You just, you know, you just can't repeat an effort to failure over and over. You know, there's just too many variables that are going to, are going to prevent that from you completing that. And then the commensurate benefits associated, like the, the strain associated that you're going to get is, is good. You're going to get more strain. Obviously, you're going to get more strain going to failure than if you don't. But it's not like it's going to be so much, you're going to create so much, a vast improvement to your ability to perform. 
We don't see that, at least not from the strain numbers. So we don't suggest that you should be doing workouts to failure. You should be doing workouts that create the most amount of strain, right? And in the right focus. So it's all, it's all about the strain and in the right focus and getting the maximum strain that you can over the period of time you have for training. So, you, you know, you're looking for as, as efficient training as you can, the targeted and focused to, to, what you, um, uh, to what you're looking for. And you want the most, given the situation that you're in, right, in terms of how much training you're, you're capable of doing. All those things have to be properly matched for you to get the best bang for your buck when you're, when you're training. Yeah, and then there's some times where you want to throw caution to the wind, too, again, my recent example with my injury, uh, after 10 weeks, I got back on the bike from my broken foot and just started doing some easy rides. And then I was thinking, do I really want to reset my signature? And I <laughs> says, okay, well, let's go test out my, test out how my foot is dealing, so, feeling. So I went and did my classic favorite workout of all time, the Ronestad workouts, but I which are 30 seconds all out, 15 second recovery, do that 13 times and do three sets. Except I only did one set of it because I knew it was gonna reset my signature if I do it fully. And um, yeah, so the difficulty score of that was on that workout, it was 118, which was really quite high. I think it ended up being four to four and a half in terms of difficulty. Uh, but talking about repeatability, I knew for a fact I could only do one of them. So in terms of do you always want to select a workout that will take you to failure, take you to breakthrough? No, most of the time you don't. There is a time and place for everything. And uh, I personally use those Ronestad workouts as a as both a very hard training that's going to really be four to five stars, push me super hard take me to that level of you know discomfort and failure but it's also going to be um, a breakthrough effort that's going to reset my signature so that's why it's kind of my always my go-to workout whenever i want both super hard training and a, and a kind of a signature reset uh, whereas most of the time when i'm training i don't really want to or care to have that reset i'd rather rather have those breakthrough efforts during races, whether it's club rides or, or actual races themselves. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about the uh, workout durations before and how there's benefits to manipulating that duration for either the on or the recovery intervals. Uh, now in exert, we have those defined as, as targets of MPA. Um, so would you be able to talk a little bit about um, how users can use that, that target MPA to help design uh, either those on intervals or those recoveries to, to really improve their workouts? So the, the target MPA durations are really, really, really one of the cool aspects about Exert because there's really just two sides to the benefits, right? The first and most important benefit is the fine tuning that it, it will calculate for each athlete, so for you. So if you're designing a workout or if you picked a workout and they've got target MPA durations, it's gonna give you really precise you know, duration. It's gonna say you gotta hold this for two minutes and 33 seconds. Because it knows that if you do that on a recovery, that you're gonna be recovered enough for the next interval, right? And it calculates that for you and your signature. So those numbers are gonna be highly precise, highly tuned to, to you. So that's the first thing that you're gonna benefit 
rather than guessing, okay, I'm going to guess I should recover for two minutes. You're not guessing. There's no guesswork associated with this. It's, you just say, I want to recover to this amount of fatigue. This would call target MPA, either target MPA reserve or you know, percentage of peak power, different methods that, that are, are there in the software for you to choose. Uh, but ultimately, that's going to be the same every time you do the workout. It's all of you make you recover to that. And if it's on a repeated uh, set of intervals, you're always going to recover to the same, same percentage. So that's really key. But I think the, the, the other aspect that you know, people assume is, is what makes them smart is because when you're doing these on, on a trainer, you're doing these um, with one of our apps that we're going to adjust the, the, um, that duration on the fly, which is true. So you get the, the secondary benefit is it's two minutes and 33 seconds, right, for you to recover to this percentage of your, your NPA. But that's if you, do, if you held that wattage very precisely. And if you're out on the road, or if you're on a trainer and it's not a smart trainer or the smart trainer is not that, you know, responsive, a lot of times you're not going to hit that exact wattage throughout the entire recovery. And so what the software will do on the workout players, it will adjust that duration as you're performing it. So if it's two minutes and 33 seconds by definition, but you went a lot easier in this year, it's a recovery uh, interval, you went easier, it's going to shorten that. Right. And if you go a lot harder, it's going to lengthen it because, you you know, it's taking you longer to get to the point of uh, recovery. And um, in fact, you know, there's there's even some a lot of the a lot of the workouts have this. And you can you, you when you're in them, you'll see them. You'll see like the timer change. But there's one workout which is really cool to see this because you'll you'll notice how it's changing. Um, uh, and it's a great workout. It's it's a, it's a two and a half star, I think, for most people, sometimes a three star. It's called Uprising. And it's a great workout. It's, um, it's, most people can complete this workout. It provides, I think, about 110 XSS for just over like, almost an hour and a half. Really nice workout to perform. And what it does is it combines the on intervals are all at like 40 seconds. And they're always 40 seconds. There's no, they're, they're not target MPA. They're just set at 40 seconds. But the recoveries are all target MPA, meaning that you have to recover to a certain point before you can do the next 40 second interval again. And what you'll notice if you ever do that workout is that those durations of that, those recoveries are always going to change depending upon how you do the previous interval. Even if you're on a, a, tar, a smart trainer. So even if your trainer is in erg mode, giving you the precise target, it's not that responsive. It's 40 seconds. Sometimes you go above it, sometimes you go below, and there's a little, even the smart trainers will adjust to try and get you to the right wattage. But by the time you're done, you may have a little more fatigue, you may have accumulated a little less fatigue, and that's okay, you know, because the next recovery interval is gonna bring you back online again. It's gonna recalibrate it for you. So as you do these multiple 40 second intervals at above threshold, every time you do them, they feel roughly the same, right? And so you're, all, you're getting the software is gonna recalculate this whether it's a 40 second or a 35, and you can see this in the timer as you do them. So it's kind of neat to kind of experience that and see the benefits of getting this real-time adjustment to ensure that every time you do the interval, you're going to be at the same level, prepared to finish the interval in the same way. And I think something that's cool for me is that uh, the duration, so if, if we're using uh, percentage of, of uh, percent peak power for recoveries, is that the actual duration there is 
is going to change from interval to interval depending on how fatigued you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of the deeper that you go into that on interval, the longer that recovery interval is going to be. And just seeing how that how that changes with MPAs is, is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I do have one other question uh, mm-hmm. for you guys while we, uh, while we still have you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite workout in exert? And why do you think you uh, have that? Well, I'll say my favorite workout, and I've already mentioned it today, but it's the Ronestad workout. I can't <laughs> recommend that enough for both agony and as a breakthrough effort. So, uh, but I, I would say two of my favorite workouts on Exert are both smart workouts. One is Let the Sparks Fly, which we've talked about, and I've kind of mentioned the reason why I like them. They're very specific for cross. Also, 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off with decreasing wattages over time because of the of uh, your fatigue accumulating. The other one, when I want to kind of go for longer efforts, the one I really like is gasoline, which is an eight minute effort, but it's also a smart workout. And what it does is kind of breaks those, breaks that eight minutes up into four by two minute segments. So uh, you get you get a spike in the first part and then over the first two minutes, the power gradually drops. And then just when you think, okay, I can hold it, I can hold it at 201, well, the uh, effort spikes up again. So your wattage goes up again, not to where it was originally because you're fatigued, but it increases a little bit and then you got to ride that wave downwards again and it does that four times over so i i've mentioned before that i hate long efforts i hate long steady efforts but that's a kind of eight minute effort that i do like and i can challenge myself with because i know the wattage is changing i know i get a bit of recovery and i get to kind of go hard again so those be my two favorite workouts on there the uh, let the sparks fly and gasoline as two smart workouts and ronestad mm-hmm. isn't a smart workout at all it is like you turn your brain off and you just <laughs> you just go i actually don't really like doing them uh or i do do them indoors uh but i don't do them as the actual kind of erg mode exert workouts i just turn it off to free mode where i can go as hard as i can because the goal is really to achieve maximal effort throughout all right. So for my favorite two, uh, if we're gonna if we're allowed to get two workouts, then I'm allowed to. Uh, I'd say uh, my favorite short duration workout is is probably a fun spin on Tabatas, uh, mm-hmm. where we we use that uh, exe- XSS per hour uh, mm-hmm. per hour mm-hmm. uh, to define the interval, and and so the Tabata the Smart Tabata 300 is probably my favorite um, on off style workout and. Um, just because those first three or four, uh, on segments feel like I'm going to burst, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to break on the next interval, but every interval gets just a little bit easier. And, and sure enough, you find yourself on the last interval, uh, barely working above threshold, but yeah, I can do this. And, and knowing that MPA is so far down, I know it's, it really accelerates that, uh, that strain. And so that's definitely my favorite kind of on off short workout and and as i get kind of deeper into the season i think i switch to the closer series of workouts uh where it's essentially the same idea uh but it it takes from it takes it from being an on-off effort to really just being able to sustain that five minute um 
that five minute effort and and th- those first two minutes once again are very uh, very painful. It's like there's no way I can continue this for five minutes. But uh, just the way that the intensity decreases, uh, the second minute you're like I can't do this. The third minute is uh, I I can maybe hold on. And sure enough, by the fourth minute I'm like oh I've only got one more minute. I I can totally do this. So. Uh, those have got to be probably my favorite two workouts uh, in the library. It was really interesting, the, the, the closer workouts, because, um, you know, they were an attempt to kind of mimic what you would get in your typical VO2 kind of training, right? Your five by fives. And we thought we could really leverage the XSSR intervals to kind of give you something along the same lines. So if you look at even our blogs, we'd run, we often compare workouts to you know the vo2 five by five to you know the uh, the closer workouts we've done those comparisons before and if ever you do the these workouts and you'll attest to this too scott right you'll get this kind of really neat effect where your heart rate will kind of rise much quicker than it normally does because of the hard onset of the interval so you get this rise in our heart rate and then it just levels off right so you get this declining intensity but you're getting a level heart rate and so, in effect, what's given you is, is you, can, you can ride at a level, a higher heart rate and hold that higher heart rate for longer, right? Because the intensity of the interval is decreasing. So that's a unique aspect of these kinds of workouts, especially at the higher intensity ones, is that you feel like you're spending more time at a higher heart rate, right? Where your systems are all on fire, right? And you can trust those, those, those intervals to kind of decline to allow you to, to complete them. So there's this level of trust that you get with, with some of these, these, these workouts with an exert because you know they're not gonna bury you. They're not gonna make you get to the point where I really don't wanna do this. You, when you get that sensation, just wait. It's, it'll level itself off, it'll, it'll, it'll give you a chance to finish it. And that applies to so many of the workouts. Um, but at times, in terms of my favorites, you know, it's like asking a parent what their favorite child is. You know, so it's kind of hard for me to choose. I've got so many that, you know, but the, the, for me, the, what I, I like, I like workouts that are fun and, you know, and for me, a fun workout is one that's never the same, right? There's always all these variations in it. And you, you got to wonder if people will think, well, if there's all these variations, how are you getting, what's the benefit, right? Shouldn't it just be four by eights, right? And I'm not of that belief. I don't believe that you need very rigid, uh, you know, repeated structure to get the benefit. I see the benefit is in the strain. So I look at the strain numbers and then the focus and I say, oh, I got a good strain. I've got the right focus. This is a good workout for me. I don't really care what it, what it's shaped like. Oh, so long as it's an interesting workout to do. So that's the way I, I typically look at the workouts. And so if I get something like Riders on the Storm, right? And you get all these different kinds of intervals in it. That to me, and I like doing it, it's fun. You know, I get through the, I get through the workout because I know as I go through it, I'm gonna get a different variation and I'm gonna enjoy doing these intervals. So I like riders, I like radar love, it's the same thing. It's like really hard workout, but you feel like if I can get through this workout, it'll be like awesome. And you never feel like you do those workouts at the end, you go out, I wasted any time. There's no, you don't feel like there was nothing, no time was wasted. That to me is a good workout. You're like, damn, that was, you know, I finished that workout. I feel great. I spent an hour and a half on the bike and I got a great workout in. No, I didn't feel like I wasted any effort. And so best of views like that. There's a whole bunch in that category that are, are just like lots of variation, 
uh, always on. Few little moments where you get to just take a little bit of a break, but otherwise, you know, you've got a whole workout where you're just not wasting any effort. All right. Well, this is a, a great episode. We talked about what makes a, a, a workout great. Uh, we talked mm -hmm. about some of the classic uh, ways that people have been des describing workouts based on percentages of FTP. Uh, we've talked about kind of what makes exert different by uh, providing a little more uh, a little more precision in mm -hmm. the duration and the intensity of those intervals. Uh, and we we're also looking for some comments back from you guys on what your favorite workouts are. Mm -hmm. um, we always like seeing how our users uh, use the variable durations and the variable intensities. Uh, to get uh, a workout that works for them. So we'll be looking for some of those in the comments. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to add today? No, yeah, it's well, actually one thing. We do have a shared library. So um, if you go open up the coach communities and do a search for shared, there is a shared workout library. You can join that and submit workouts to that shared library. Just follow the directions in the, uh, in the coach community. So um, yeah, just maybe I should probably mention that if you are... If you do join a coach, um, you'll see all the coaches' workouts as part of your coaches tab, and they become part of the adaptive training advisor in terms of making recommendations. So, and we know have lots of coaches that have uh, lots of work, different workouts on uh, in their library. So you could you know join those those coaches. If you join the shared workout library, you'll get all of the uh, workouts that have been submitted, and then you can you know have those as part of your. Uh, uh, as part of your own library that you that, that you can choose from. So just uh, thought I'd mention that. Yeah, and the point I want to raise is today we've been mainly talking about in terms of workouts, really hard kind of challenging workouts that are obviously designed to in a shorter range of athlete types, but mm -hmm. there's a time and place for that, right? Don't think that a good workout is only only ones that are really hard and that's the whole goal of workouts remember much of the time you want to be really working close to your lower threshold power you want to be really building that aerobic capacity so it's one of the the challenges to one of the nice things with exert too is you can design relatively you know lower strain in terms of exercise intensity wattages workouts that also aren't boring that isn't just ride at this one continuous 150 watts for 90 minutes right you can still get that same variety and, and interest in making a workout with lots of variations in in your um, the workout profile so that you're not just bored riding at one wattage so that's so also think of using and designing workouts for for that purpose too, not just necessarily your super hard kind of four or five star workouts. You can design really fun, interesting, and entertaining two star or one and a half star workouts too. And I think we, we missed that point, Scott. I think something we wanted to talk about is is uh, kind of the lower threshold, right? And how, you know, Exert was the first to really introduce this concept of lower threshold and create workouts and workout intensities based on lower threshold. So that's another unique aspect that you get mm -hmm. from, from Exert is that you get these lower, you get intervals that are based on this lower threshold value. What does that mean? Well, lower threshold is a way that's kind of assessed for each individual, a kind of an intensity that is um, uh, kind of at the, at the borderline between kind of an easy and hard, right? 
Um, and it's, you know, in physiology, they talk about, you know, the first lactate threshold or your aerobic threshold. Um, LTP, we, we didn't model it necessarily to be those. We, we, didn't, we didn't set out to model any one of those. We just modeled it as a way to say, hey, here's, here's a, an intensity we think that's sufficiently low that athletes can hold this for extended periods of time. And so we've, we've um, um, yeah, so, we, so we, you can um, use these, uh, these uh, uh, workouts that are well and within that range. So you will find a lot of our rest intervals or our endurance workouts all focus around this lower threshold. So this is an important point. Uh, you know, we'll get into the more about lower threshold in, in the future, but um, just recognize that that's an important part of your training and how we use that in, in a lot of the workouts that you find in our library. Yeah, we'll have another podcast where we talk a lot more about LTP, lower threshold power, and also designing good workouts based mm-hmm. around LTP also. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think I jumped the gun a little bit before, but uh, I think we actually have hit the end here. So uh, if you guys don't have anything else to add, uh, I think that's uh, all we have for today. Great. Well, thank all you. right. Let's thanks, go, everyone. Uh, let's go training. All right. all right. Thanks for joining us today. Okay. Bye for now.